Doug and Marty vs. the World is paid for by Doug Bassler, Marty McClendon, and Prologue Digital Advertising Agency. Round one, go. Well, this is it. The last chance to dance in 2023, and we are headlong and uh, head first and full blast toward 2024. This is Doug Bassler. And Marty McClendon, Doug and Marty versus the world. In our 10th year, well, together anyway on the radio, uh, Happy New Year in advance, Happy, brother. happy, happy, happy New Year. <laughs> you know, so many people, uh, you know, they want to say, you know, thank God that's over. Uh, 2023 is over and we're moving into 2024. 2024 is going to be spectacular. I don't have any doubt that there's not, there's already fireworks in Colorado and Maine everywhere. Right. But right, right. 2023 won bad, bro. It was a pretty good year. Yeah, it was a pretty good year. It's interesting. There's so many things that happen and are happening. And of course, um, that we can point out, and I often do all of the the atrocities and all the burdens and all the stuff that we can be disappointed about or fighting against the things that happen. But the good things too, the people rising up, the people responding, um, the like you said, the revivals across different college campuses, and just amazing things in 2023. But I remember something I you and I talked about years ago that when we started uh, Eyes on Washington and, of course, uh, Duncan Marty versus the world. There's something special. I was looking forward to 2022 and 2024. Well, 2022 is past. 23 is past. And now we're into 2024. And I'm filled with anticipation of God moving in a big way. And I don't know what that is. It's not just the fact it's a new year. I just believe from a wholeheartedly that there's going to be major a major move of God in 2024. And I think we're part of that, brother. I think you and me and our listeners and everybody that calls the name of Jesus Lord um, really has, there's going to be something great in 2024. I just feel it. Don't you think? Absolutely. Uh, the return of Donald Trump will be a big one. Um, yes. And just, you know, he is back. And his commentary, you know, I know, I believe I had like at least two people sent me his Christmas message from when he was president. I don't know if you got that on YouTube and everything. I did not, no. And, um, you know, talking about our birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I mean, you know, the man is, uh, the man's on our side, right? And mm -hmm. so we need to, you know, get behind those who are getting behind us. And so uh, there you go. I've, I've thrown in for all I'm all in for Trump. Love, love Ron DeSantis. I think he's going to make a great president in a few years, but not now. Mm -hmm. And yeah. um, uh, I am, you know, obviously he's the one they don't want. So that makes him the one I want. Because whatever they don't want is what I want. Because I'm, when, yeah, I'm on when, the other side. <laughs> administrative state, the ones that we've been proven to lie to us over the last decade or so, but specifically the last three years, when they weaponized the IRS back in the 2010 era, the ones that weaponized the DOJ against parents and, and calling them terrorists, all this stuff. This group, when they don't want him to be president, it makes you go, well, why not? Well, I want him to be president then because you're right. When they're trying to keep him out, what are they trying to hide? What are they trying to avoid? And and we talked last week about Colorado 
you know, the Supreme Court uh, with a four, three decision, whatever it was, um, saying that Trump can't be on the ballot there. Right. We know the Supreme Court will jump in at some point in time. We, or at least we expect. They well, the, la- the latest news is that yeah. they actually put a stay on their own order that if the yeah. So basically that what they've said now, Marty, is if the Supreme Court doesn't specifically agree with them to take him off the ballot, then he's on the ballot. So Trump is back on the ballot in Colorado. Then, of course, within minutes of that, uh, yes. Maine, Maine takes him off the ballot, brother. Yeah, And Maine doesn't <laughs> do it through a court order either. No. Maine does it for the secretary of state. I said, nope, he's off the ballot. This is the. the Think about what we just went through in 2020 through 2022, COVID lockdown mandates when you had little tyrants like Newsom, Inslee, and so forth. I mean that in the nicest way, uh, that you can be a tyrant that loved the taste of power. I'm going to shut you down, but not you down. It, you know, I'm going to get benefits to my friends. I'm going to punish my political opponents, which we see. Now you see this too. Here is an elected official in Maine takes it in his own right, elected, has no power to do so. Nope. I don't like the man. I'm taking him off the ballot. That's that's amazing. And of course, the Supreme Court in Colorado um, knew it when they did this. It was, this is a political stunt, hoping that other uh, like-minded leftists would, would follow suit and say, this is okay. We can bend the law. I mean, not bend the law, destroy the law because we don't like this person. That's very dangerous. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Psalm chapter two, the Lord sits in heaven and laughs, brother. But, uh, you know, it's it still requires us to take the initiative, to take the energy. He gave us a nation Mm -hmm. that had self-determination. So, you know, as before we got on the air, I was telling you, I, I read Matthew 25 today. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of very interesting things in there. Uh, one of them is the great white throne judgment or the great that, you know, when the son of man returns, he sits on his glorious throne. So I'm assuming that's the great white throne judgment that we talked about from Revelation or whatever. Correct. Yeah. But he says he's yeah. going to separate the, the nations, the ethnos. And then he says, but one by one. And so this does come down to an individual judgment of each of us. Right. So this mm-hmm. uh, there's a proverb that says, don't follow the group. Don't follow the crowd in doing evil, right? And that's what happens in these riots and stuff, right? That's what happens when you have, you know, these uh, big plundering things going on down there mm-hmm. on Rodeo Drive or whatever. And so we're going to individually uh, stand and individually without any excuses or anything, we're going to give an account. But, you know, the mm-hmm. nice thing is, is that there's sheep in there, right? Come ye blessed mm-hmm. of my father. Inherit the kingdom that's been prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry right. and you gave me something to drink. I was thirsty. I'm hungry and you gave me something to eat. I thirsty, you gave me something to drink, right? I was naked and you clothed me. I was a stranger and you invited me. I was homeless. You you gave me a home, right? This kind of thing. And um, and so there's, you know, there are rewards. You know, there's rewards for good and there's rewards for bad. And, mm-hmm. you know, and everybody gets wages, right? And the wages of sin, brother. Is death. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you read it. You, you, yeah, I did. You read the so, book, bro. I, interesting about this, too. And of course, not deep theological discussion here, but the, when it talks about the white throne judgment, too, there's two books. There's the book of life. Are you in the Lamb's book of life? Have you accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? Right. It's the sheeps and the goats. Right. I never knew you goes over here. Right. And then, uh, then those the sheep are over here. But even the sheep you know, it goes into will give it an account for what they did 
right? This account of your life where you stand before the Lord saved because he's your shepherd, but there's still an accounting. And that right there, you know, you want to hear well done, good and faithful servant, but it's like, I do not want to see the history of my life, brother. <laughs> you know, knowing I'm forgiving, knowing I have a savior, knowing it's all wonderful and knowing that the father's arms are open is awesome. And I want to be in the lamb's book of life, but to sit before the Lord and say, well, this is where you kind of missed it. Well, well you know, how about, <laughs> you know, I, I think it's going to be more about like our sins are blotted out, right? Yes. So there's yes. going to be a lot of blank spots in the history of our life where the Lord doesn't remember that. I don't recall yes. that sin because mm-hmm. he said he he will not bring it to remembrance anymore. From the left. As far as the, the east, east is from west. the west. Yeah. yeah. Cast yep. into the sea yep. of forgetfulness and all that. So there's going to be some blank spaces in the history of our life where our, you know, our failures, our sins, you know, all these different things, you know, and, you know, we all sin in many ways is what uh, it says in James, you know, but teachers are going to be held to a higher level and stuff like that. So we understand, you know, as you and I have been entrusted with, you know, media presence and political platforms and, you know, we're more public, right? So we're judged more harshly. This is, you know, I I don't know if you've been following this whole thing with Mike Bickle and the, the, the Kansas city uh, IHOP house of prayer stuff there's a higher standard that this guy's being held to. And, you know, I don't know where it is all falling out. I know there's the accuser of the brethren and all that kind of stuff. And, and, you know, Mike Bickles has come out and said, Hey, I'm not perfect, you know, and, and like, Oh, he's human. Yeah. Great. But if we all, you know, that seems to be really the plan of the devil right now is accusing everybody, getting everybody to, to walk in guilt and shame and, and bringing back, right. you know, all these right. different things. And the Lord is wanting us to overcome him. Right. He mm-hmm. wants us to overcome the accuser of the brethren. If you look at, at Revelation, that's what he says. And they do it with three things that they uh, their testimony, the blood of the lamb and that they don't love their lives so much as to shrink back from dying. So when you when you confess your sins and renounce them and yep. say, look, but I'm forgiven because of uh, the blood of Jesus, the testimony I received the Lord. You know, there's a there's a way to overcome all of this accusation and the the reason it's important marty and i i just feel like the holy spirit's on this right now is that the reason it's important is because the accusation and the shame and all that it paralyzes us it keeps mm-hmm. us from fulfilling the call of god on our life because we don't feel like we're worthy right what guess what mm-hmm. <laughs> we're not but he makes us worthy right we're not walking in our you know marty's not walking in marty's worthiness marty's walking no. in jesus's worthiness right yes and if jesus died on a cross for me then i should just lay down my pride and go do what he called me to do run for office or do a radio show or whatever it is right that you're supposed mm-hmm. to do and it could just be um loving you know just loving somebody just being you know volunteering or serving or there's there's so many ways that that an army serves the lord right there's logistics mm-hmm. there's frontline battle there's a manufacturing you know things weapons there's there's a air force there's marines there's coast guard there's navy right space, space force, force. <laughs> right right and um i'm too old brother they won't take me and space force me brother. either brother. but um <laughs> that that stinks um any rate um i want to you know, but I can be in the Lord's army, you know, yeah. I, I may never, you know, fight in the infantry, soar over the enemy, blah, blah, blah. But I'm in the Lord's army. Yes, sir. <laughs> um, so it, we, it, we, it is we amazing. Need to, though, we need to get we need to take hold of this forgiveness. We yes. need to take hold of the holiness. You know, he calls us the saints. That's how that's tra- it's translated the saints 
in virtually every Bible, right? Mm-hmm. But it, it, the, the root Greek word is hagios, which means the holy. He's calling mm-hmm. Marty the holy. He's calling Doug the holy. We don't feel holy because we see our faults and our mm-hmm. errors and, mm-hmm. and the times, you know, we kicked the dog and yelled at the wife and, you know, whatever. Got angry and, you know, driving, which is easy mm-hmm. for you in Texas. Right. Um, Come on. Of course, everybody's got a gun <laughs> in Texas. So if you're waving your gun at people, brother, you're just... Audi. Oh, Audi. no gun. Come on. Yeah. Oh, come on. <laughs> so you're saying you're all hat and no cattle again. I get it. No, no we, we got our guns. We just don't wave them. You know, it's like if, if, if you pull <laughs> it out, had, we're going to I've had it. guns waved at me in Texas a lot. <laughs> Did you really? Yeah. I, can I, dri- I drive that way. Gun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too slow for them. I drive like, That's you know, right. I'm like, I'm only going 70. Everybody else is going 90. Like, get out of our way. We want to go. That is a true fact. A hundred percent. My wife scolded me the other day because I was in the left lane going 75. And she's like, you know, you're not supposed to do that. I go, yeah, that's right. (laughs) You're supposed to go 90. (laughs) Speed up. Oh my gosh. You got to buy a performance car just to live in Texas. Um, But I think that there's a, you know, going back into into basically these three uh, illustrations that the Lord gave, mm-hmm. you know, the, the talent one is probably the best one for the new year, right? The talent one is he gives this guy 10 or he get no, he gives this guy five, gives this guy two and he gives this guy one. And it says on the guy, he gives five. It says immediately he gets to work. He didn't wait. Mm-hmm. He didn't hesitate. He said, okay, the Lord's given me something. I'm going to go do it. And it reminds me of Moses, right? Moses standing barefoot before the burning bush and he's making excuses about going down and doing what God's called him to do. And right. God says, right. what's in your hand? And he's like, uh, a staff. He's like, okay, let's use that. So I guess I would ask the listener today, what's in your hand? You know, you know, we, we want to say, well, I don't have this. and I don't have that. What do you have? What do you have? I used to tell my, uh, you know, uh, other business, you know, I do this Christian business leaders thing and they'd be like, Oh, right. you know, business is bad. And I was like, what do you have in your hand? And they're like, well, I don't know. And I'm like, do you have a printer? And like, do you have a computer? And they're like, yeah, well, why don't you print some flyers and go hand them out? And they're mm-hmm. like, Oh, I could do that. You know, or whatever. Right. You can do something and the mm-hmm. Lord can't park. The Lord can't steer a parked car. So once we begin to take the initiative, like the guy with the five talents and start to move, then the Lord can guide us. Isn't that great, mm-hmm. bro? Same That's with the awesome. guy, that, the guy that had two. He, maybe he didn't have five. Maybe he's not Warren Buffett. Maybe he's only Doug Bassler. Right. And, mm-hmm. but I got two. So what can I do with the two I got? But the guy that had one thinks, well, I don't have a lot here. So let me just go hide this and uh, I'm going to go play Xbox for a while. Or whatever, right? <laughs> he's like the Doug Bastler paraphrased version of the Bible. Yeah. Well, but to but your he, point, basically yeah, that's yeah. what he's saying. He goes and hides it. He doesn't even put it in the bank. He's like, I don't even, you know, because the banks aren't safe. I could lose it, right? So where right. are you at? Are you living in fear? Or are you living in faith, right? So and, he, the, and then what words, does Jesus call him? Yeah. Wicked, lazy, wicked, mm-hmm. lazy. When he, he gives us use, it says you are a, a a master that makes basically money off your not on your own sweat, basically that what pe- other people do, and basically he was calling the master the the Lord, you know, unfair, right? And how often do you see that in society where people are like, well, it's it's not fair. I'm a victim here, and, and that's what he was being. I'm going to bury it in the ground so that uh, I can only get accused. I won't try whatever. And then so they the, the the result of that was he called him wicked. 
and lazy and took what he had and gave it to the ones that were producing. I just think that's, like you said, we're all giving a measure of faith. We're all giving a calling in life. God said he stored up good works for every single one of us to do in the heavens for during our lives. So we do have a calling and a placement and tools wherever we are, From the, like you said, from the popper to Warren Buffett, if you will, on the scale of wealth, you have sort of responsibility, but then you, you go get busy. What's God called you to do? Get out there and, and engage with what you've been given and do something with it, right? Yeah, and to him who has or her who has mm-hmm. more will be given. And so I want to talk about the ladies for just a second here, brother, if I sure. could just divert over here. Jesus is standing outside the temple and he's watching all the Warren Buffetts put in large gifts. And here comes uh-huh. this widow, little widow lady. Dude, she has two pennies, two cents worth. Everybody talks about, oh, let me put my two cents worth in. But are you? Are you putting your two cents worth in? She did. And the Lord noticed it. He bragged about her. Look at her. She's got faith. She put she put everything she had. That's all in. she had. That's right. <laughs> Why don't we do that? Why don't we put everything? Does the Lord have everything that you have? You know, what what possession or what what thing do you have that the Lord can't have? What are you holding back from God? Right. Mm, and yeah. now he gives us the choice to do it. And um, but I think, you know, when the disciples said, you know, we left everything to follow you land and houses and all that. And the Lord said, you know, there's nobody who's given up lands and houses and families and all these different things that aren't going to receive back a hundredfold more in this life Mm -hmm. and in the age to come eternal life. Right. So he Mm -hmm. flat tells us we can't outgive him. Right. You know, how many, how many times brother, have you made that sacrificial thing? You gave up that thing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I remember Years ago, and I had a, a a friend in Mexico, and they really, really were in need of a car. And so I had a car, and I felt like the Lord was like, you need to give this car to that pastor and his wife that are doing this mission thing in Mexico. And mm-hmm. so I'm like, but Lord, this is mine. Because <laughs> it, was, it was cool. It was a, it was a four-wheel drive uh, Bronco. I had wheels and tire i mean i had the thing like totally dialed right it was my car and i'm like i'm like "Hmm, okay you know gotta obey god so i call him up Mm -hmm. said hey the lord's telling me blah 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 and i'm thinking man what am i gonna drive and everything else right right so um my wife and i shared the minivan (laughs) and and i'm like you know i was a little you know i i felt good because i did what the lord called me to do and then one day the lord told me to go to the ford dealer so i go down to the ford dealer and I'm looking at brand new Ford F-150, brother. And uh-huh. and um, I'm talking to them and they go, oh, you own your own business. Did you know you could lease this and write it off 100% of it? You know, this is the, the IRS rules back in the day. Right, right. And I go, you mean I could have this truck for free? Well, no, you still got to make the payment, but it's it's completely tax deductible. And I'm like, sign me up. So I, <laughs> I get this brand new red, of course it's red, brother. Right. F-150. I pull out of the lot, brother, a car, just like the one I gave away, pulls up beside me at the red light. And the Lord says to me, remember that car you gave away? I'm like, yes, Lord. He goes, so do I. <laughs> I'm driving ah, this brand ah. new four-wheel drive <laughs> pickup, brother. 
So I'm just saying. Uh, now that's, that's cool. I don't. I'm that's not cool. saying give away your car or whatever. What it was was, was obedience. Yes, right? obedience. it wasn't because yep. I because it was a sacrifice. I didn't want to do it initially. Mm-hmm. I got excited about it once I you know once I uh, you know got into the yeah I really felt like the Lord and I'm going to bless these people and I used to go down to Mexico and preach at their church and stuff and so it was a lot of fun. But um, right. and then I would go down there and I would drive my old car. Dude. <laughs> it was crazy. <laughs> um, but um, the the what I'm just saying is, is that the Lord sees when we take things that are dear to us and and let him have them. You know, it, it, it's like the the sacrificial lamb, right? You raise the little lamb. It's the perfect little lamb. You, you know, you it sleeps with you at night and you're you know, you feed it by hand and it's spotless and blameless. And he's like, yeah, that's the one I want. And you're like, but no, that's my baby. No, that's <laughs> right? the one I want. I want yep. that one because I want, you know, so at Christmas time, um, I was uh, playing guitar at church and I've got this, you know, I've got this beautiful $3,000 uh, Rickenbacker 12 string, you know, my, 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 my yep. pride and joy, right? My best guitar, super collectible and all that. And, um, and I'm thinking about taking this thing and playing it at the Christmas, you know, the Christmas music, cause it sounds really good. Cause it's 12 string. It's just like, it's time to play that at Christmas music. Right. Right. And so I'm like, Lord, do you want me to play my 12 string at church? And he goes, well, let me ask you a question, Doug. If you're bringing me an offering, are you going to bring me your best or your second best? <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I guess we're taking the Rickenbacker to church today. I guess right, so. so. There we go. Um, so it's that type of, um, you know, that mindset, like, could we be that kind of disciple today? Could we be that kind of disciple as we finish up, you know, tomorrow's New Year's Eve, mm-hmm. let's not leave anything undone uh, that we should have done in 2023. Now's the time. If you're going to reconcile, if you're going to make the gift or whatever, do it now. And then let's determine in 2024 that we're going to be the 10 talent guy that we're going to be the, the, the wise virgin that's prepared. Mm. That's, that's taking the time to, uh, to be prepared, to be patient, right? Are we patient? So these, these five smart virgins, they had extra oil. They were prepared to wait. They were prepared for the long haul brother. Can you believe yep. that? And they were a bunch of girls. And they were smarter <laughs> than a lot of guys I know. It's interesting that of the virgins, the, the five that had the oil that lasted longer, you obviously know uh, they were consuming less. They were burning less. They they were planning ahead. Um, there's something in that as well about things. You know, it's like, okay, we don't know what happens tomorrow. We don't know what happens next year. God does, though, has a plan. Uh, and we have resources to sow and to reap. And I, I think that's fantastic. Like you said, we should be right uh, the hands and feet uh, going into 2024. Would it be for our family, our finances, our uh, sewing into our children, our grandchildren, our neighbors, our community? All those things pay huge dividends. So, if God's given you a voice, has He given you a position? Has he given Has He given you access? Has He given you finances? Whatever it may be, those are tools. Uh, to put to work for the kingdom of God, right? We're supposed to advance the kingdom of God. Uh, we're supposed to be the salt and light, right? In every situation and uh, not condemning, but it's like, yeah, okay. I may not have a lot, but what I have, I can use like the lady with two pence. So I think this is very encouraging. And it's also very, a good reminder for all of us. 
it's not about being perfect. It's just about being submit, uh, submitted to and obeying when we feel led to and doing it now, which I think we started to show off before off the air about um, not delay, but just doing it, going out and getting busy. Like the, the talents were, like, they immediately went out and did. And I, what I hear now with, even with my kids and, and those around is like, okay, well, I feel like I should be doing something, but what? I like the fact that these, these servants that were given um, the authority to manage the master's uh, finances and resources knew exactly what to do to go out and get busy and get doubled, right? Go into market square, uh, produce something, you know, sell something and so forth. I think that's one too, is I think we have to seek and say, okay, what is it? I have a lot of resources. What do I need to be using and how do I double or how do I um, sow into to, to have the greatest harvest um, on behalf of managing the Lord's finances? Don't you think? Yeah. You know, I, I think I've told this story before, but back in 2007, the Lord was talking to me about, you know, starting a business and doing, doing, you know, this advertising agency video production thing that I do with Prologue Digital. And, um, you know, and I was like, I had a really good career position with car toys, right. Traveling around the country. Uh I was training people. I was really having quite a good time with it and it was good money and good benefits and all that stuff. And, um, you know, we really got convicted by this parable. You know, I told my wife, I go, hey, you know, if if we have this ability to have this agency and make millions of dollars and we don't do it, we're we're going to be held responsible for that. That's we're going to be held accountable for that. Like, oh, yeah, you had a great job at Car Toys. Thanks for doing nothing. Right. Why don't you do <laughs> why don't you do something? And and I'm not saying working at Car Toys or having a career job isn't where God, you know, cause I felt like when I was there, I was being a good witness and doing what, you know, God wanted me right. to do and stuff, right. but he's like, now it's time to, to step out in faith. And I've often said this and I, and I mm-hmm. completely, if, if you have their business owners listening to me, they know we live by faith. We don't, you know, business owners don't have a salary. They don't have, you know, your independent real estate agent, right? The independent yep. real estate agents, they don't have a salary. They they have to sell something or they're they're in trouble. Now, when they do sell something, they do okay, right? But if if you want to sell a house, uh, brother, you have to get busy, right? You're going to yep. go canvas, make calls, you know, make flyers, do you know, do open houses. You got to you got to put mm-hmm. the time in, right? There's yep. a there's a there's an an uh an a innate requirement work and um so it's not uh so where where are you right now if you have a career position let's say you work for boeing let's say you work for you know the government let's say where where are you where has god placed you and he's like yeah and you know you're supposed to be there then why aren't you the best there is why aren't you the greatest possible witness the most productive servant in that position you're in right right it's interesting. Every job where I've had a salary, and I've got a salary now as well, but it's always pray that Lord make me a blessing to the company, the organization, you know, bless me, but make me a blessing and bless them through it. And the idea that I'm here to serve, I'm here to add value, I'm here to grow the kingdom of God in here to be a representative. And all of us are, wherever we work for ourselves or other, we are representing um, God and Jesus in our own midst. People watch us, see us, how we act, how we behave. And we want to be a blessing, 
right? And then and through that, we receive blessings as well. So to your point, yeah, exactly. Be the person God's called you to be every step of the day, in a, at your family, in your work, whatever you may do in your occupation, in your side jobs, in your side gigs, whatever it may be, um, because that's what you're intentional about. Be intentional about it. Yeah. I think that's really huge. Yeah. And be energetic. You yeah. know, the, um, that in the, in the, after the Lord talks about the, the, the five foolish and the five wise girls that are, you know, and he said, one of the things that when the foolish showed up late to the party and they were not allowed in, he said, I don't know you. Right. Hmm. So I think that's a key. We got to know the Lord. You know, are we, are we passing the manna test? Do we get up in the morning and go out and get the manna, right? Whether it's a chapter in the Bible and 10 minutes in prayer while I'm having my coffee or whatever. I believe the there's a biblical precedent that says early will I seek him to start our day with the Lord. Because if you put it off, it's real easy to get to noon and you haven't sought him to get to the end of the day. A lot of people, well, I like to read my Bible at night. I like to you know pray at night and stuff like that. Look, I'm not knocking it, but I think there's something to be said about, you know what? Let's be disciplined in 2024. Let's get up and crack the Bible and get a chapter or a few verses, whatever we need to do and hear from God for that day and set, set that course of that day right by, by connecting with the Lord. I think you'll find a higher level of success. Do you agree with me, brother? I I could be just, uh, you know, that could be the gospel. I'm not a morning that. person, but I, I agree with you 100%. The uh, scripture is very clear. It's interesting that Jesus went out in the first watch, which uh, if you Bible scholars are saying that's like four in the morning, three thirty, four in the morning, and, and spend time with God, Father God. Now that's a little and extreme, it, brother. It's a little early. I get it. <laughs> the idea here is the first watch as kind of a, a model he modeled for us as believers uh, putting it first. And then there's, there's all the festivals, the Jewish festivals all have to do with first fruits, first offering, first giving God our best and our first, the initial part of it. And then, then of course, and if you really want to look at it too, when you look at creation, it's always the night and the day, night and the day in Jewish customs, of course, the, it, the day is starts in the evening, ends in the, in the, in the morning or the afternoon. That's why you have the Sabbath on Friday night and ends on Saturday night and sundown and so forth. And so really, you know, that four in the morning really is at the end of the day as well. So you can do it either way, brother. But I do think the first, putting God first, uh, spending time with God first, um, putting time in your day first, starting your day off right. I think that's all really good wisdom. Yeah. Get him in there, slot him in there. And then, um, you know, now let's let's uh, go to uh, what he said about how he wrapped the parable up, because I think this is an important thing. He said, uh, therefore, well, actually, he talks about the servant, too, that says my master's delaying is coming. Right. Remember that? And he right. begins to yep. beat the servants and does, and then he comes and he cuts them off. Right. And he sends them out. So this attitude that, well, Jesus is coming, but not today. So I'm just going to do what I want today. It's the same. It's uh -huh. the same as the, the, the guy with the one talent, right? right. I'm going to serve him, but not now. Right. I'm going to do what I want now, but eventually I'll get around to it. And as we said last week, delayed obedience is disobedience. Mm -hmm. And so, but he says, after that and after the 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 parable about the the 10 girls he says be alert 
Yes. If you don't know when I'm coming. And that word alert, brother, is so good in the Greek. It's the word we get gregarious. It's be zealous, be, be energetic, be, you know, stay, stay alert. And, and really, you know, who do we, what do you think about when you think about a gregarious person? They're kind of fun to be around. They're like, they're full of energy and life. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, some, sometimes people say, well, it's negative, right? Well, it's because they're, they're lazy and they're, you know, they don't want it. <laughs> but I, I'm just saying, do you think I'm gregarious brother? I think you're a little I, gregarious too. Uh, I'm a little gregarious as well. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're the lampshade on the head guys at the party. All right. So there, there you go. go. Everybody, you know, but people want to be around people that have energy that, that have focus mm-hmm. and things like that. And something, well, I'm shy. That's not my thing. Well, you can still be gregarious and be shy, right? You can still have energy and do things with diligence. And mm-hmm. um, like we said, there's a lot of different roles in the army of the Lord, but mm-hmm. whatever we find to do, we should do it with all our might. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm just going to let that lay there for a second. Yeah. So, um, we- you know, you're a trainer. You're uh, mm-hmm. you, you, you do a lot of other things. And I was a trainer in, you know, my uh, former, well, I'm, I'm still a trainer because I train my, my folks that work for me and stuff like that. And I just really think maybe for, for a little bit, why don't we go into trainer mode and let's talk about goal setting. Let's talk about both the importance of it and maybe a little bit of the, the process of it. Right. And just help our listeners mm-hmm. out with that, because this is a, you know, more than just a resolution, you know, a resolution is I'm resolved to do this thing, but a goal, a goal is a little different. How is a goal different, brother? Goal is a measurable thing. A goal you have to write down. A goal is something that you can visualize that you want, but you you set expectations. And, and to do that, you write it down and say, this is my goal. And then you have to take the next step and say, what are the actions I have to take to reach this goal in a certain set of time? And of course, people talk about smart goals, which are specific, measurable, right? Realistic and timely. You know, there's got to be a time to it. But goals really are what you want to achieve and then finding or writing down a plan to get there. That's my definition, brother. It's really good. That's super solid. So let's uh, let's back up one step from there. And uh, so I'm a big fan of, you know, Stephen Covey, the seven habits and all that type of stuff. Right. One of the things that they like to do is before you set those goals, they like to do what are your values. Right. And Mm -hmm. so if you could sit down and write down maybe like your top five personal values, then that would be, then it's going to help you to focus your goal on what's actually important to you as a person, right? So Mm -hmm. for us, obviously, number one is God, right? We Mm -hmm. are, we value God. So we should probably have some spiritual goals in our goal setting, (laughs) right? Right, Number two, we value, we value our family, right? We value our marriage, our, our relationships and things like that. So, and I'm not, I'm not trying to uh, impose this on, I'm talking about myself here, but I'm, Pretty right. certain you and I being best friends and all, we have similar uh, values, right? Okay. And then, uh, and then we value, um, you know, our neighbor, right? That type of thing. And it, we also value certain kinds of recreation, like you and I like to ride motorcycles, right? That type of mm-hmm. thing. Um, and so you take your values, top three, top five, or whatever. And then when you're setting your goals, you could say, how does this goal align with this value. In other words, mm-hmm. 
if I have a goal, I'm going to make a million dollars this year. And, uh, but I, in, in the, in the goal, in the plan of making a, a million dollars, I neglect my family. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I overwork to be rich is what the Bible says. Right. Right. Or right. I, or I skip church or I don't have time to read my Bible today. So I'm, so now I'm, I'm maybe that maybe the Lord wants me to have the million dollars. Right. But could I trust mm-hmm. the Lord to get the million dollars to me by working hard when I work and taking time for my wife, taking time for my children, taking time to read my Bible, tithing, taking time mm-hmm. to give to sowing into the church to, you know, you know, see what I'm saying? How does it, yep. how does your values uh, measure up? Yeah. What is the most um, in, important or valuable asset you have in your life? And so, you know, it'd be relationship with God, relationship with family, but really it's time. And I saw this thing the other day. We don't spend time. We invest time. The goal is to be intentional with the time we have and putting a, you do a great job of putting in blocks around the important things first, the big rocks, the lesson about putting the big rocks in first. And then you have room for everything else. If you do it in the right order, putting God first, putting family, putting vacation, whatever it may be uh, around. And then all the extraneous stuff um, still finds a place to fit versus the other way around. If you do all the urgent, emergent type stuff, um, Stephen Covey stuff, quadrant one, if whatever it was, you end up not having time for the important stuff. So it's really about setting priorities and investing your time and your resources, obviously, in the things that matter the most. And to your point, I started off this year before this month, like a couple months ago, I started this process, not just even goals, but what do you want? I mean, what is it, you know, you're called to do? And there's a lot of the stuff you have to spend time in the word and prayer and and knowing who you are in Christ, who's he called you to be. But then ultimately, what is it that you really, really want before you establish your goals even? And I kind of broke it down into, okay, like you said, what's my relationships? What's my, what's, where do I want to grow spiritually? Where do I want to grow professionally? Where do I want to grow income wise? And then kind of those things individually. But I started off with, I want intimacy with God. That's a, that's, that's a goal, but it's also like, what do I really want? And then how, how do I make that a goal? And then, and then into the action steps after that, I want intimacy with my wife to increase and to grow and whatever. I want a close relationship with my children and a few close friends and brothers like yourself, you know, where, and so I know that when I start planning my time out and the action steps to reach goals that that, that these are more nebulous, but it's going to take time. It's going to take a certain um, dedication or discipline to make sure I put in time to reach what I really want, which is that intimacy or a, a stronger relationship or a friendship and so forth. And then same thing for your career and so forth, but doing them in order. Uh, like you said, you start off with your goals, but you start off before that. You know, what what is it you desire? What is it your what's your why, right? Absolutely. So I think we're I think we're really getting down to where the rubber meets the road. So if you have, let's say we have our 2024 uh stuff laid out. Now I've done this many times where I'll have my top 10, uh, mm-hmm. write it down, and you go back at the end of the year and every single thing has hit been hit. It's amazing the power of, like you said earlier, writing it down. Mm-hmm. Then what you do is you got to take the time to review it, right? There we go. Yep. And if you, if, you, if you take a look at it 
you know, maybe monthly or, you know, weekly or biweekly or whatever. Just remember to, you know, put it on your reminders, right? On your smartphone. Hey, review goals. You could put your goals on your smartphone, right? There's a the little, the little note apps and things like that. You could just put them on there. Mm-hmm. So it's real mm-hmm. easy. It just pops up. Hey, review goals. Maybe, maybe you have a biweekly thing and it it's in the notes on the, when it pops up, there they are. And there's your 10 goals, right? And then what you do is you, uh, according to Covey, is you do a weekly plan. This is what mm-hmm. I'm going to do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or whatever your week is. You know, some people work, you know, Tuesday through Saturday or whatever. Right. Um, there should be time for Sabbath in there. I think, you know, that was one of the things that I was thinking as you were talking. Let's don't forget the importance of a Sabbath, you know, take a day off once in a while, people, you know, once a week, it's the, it doesn't have to be Saturday. It doesn't have to be Sunday, but one day a week, the principle is have a Sabbath rest, Mm -hmm. get get away from it and refresh. And you will have so much more energy for the other six days. Right. And, um, and then uh, do your weekly goal and then do your daily to-do list, right? Write Mm -hmm. it down. Like, here's my list. And I tell my my employees all the time, where's your to-do list? And then I go, and then don't forget to take your pen and put a line through it when you get it done. Then at the end of the day, I require all of my employees to give me a, an EOD, end of day report, right? What did I right. do today? Right. So easy. Just grab your to-do list and look at all the things that got a line through them. Write it down, right. you know? Plus, there's something empowering about drawing a line through things. Even if it's yes. something like silly, like check email. Well, I just did it, put a line through it, right? right. I did something. Right. And you start it's, to feel like, wow, I'm moving, I'm accomplishing, I'm doing. Yes, you're moving towards a goal. You're moving towards um, achieving what you set out to achieve, which is very powerful. It's small wins throughout the day, throughout the week and so forth. Checking off a, uh, a line saying this is a to-do thing. I got done today. It's it's very empowering at the end of the day. You're like, oh, look what all I got done. And some things you can push off the next day and whatever that, that list. But I saw something, oh gosh, years ago about like 90-day plans, keeping them shorter, succinct, smart as well, doing the daily thing, but allowing yourself grace to the point like, all right, I have five days I'm working this week or six days or whatever it, it, your schedule is. And if you knock off your to-do list for those five days or three out of five, you've won that week. It's like, okay, good. Now, you know, if you do that three out of the four weeks, you've won that month. And this idea here is it's always driving for celebrating the wins, driving you closer to hitting your goal. I just think those are really smart ways to track and to encourage um, sort of this success along the way. Don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. And um and then it's uh, the other thing that I enjoy, and uh, actually I credit you with getting me started back in 2014. Mm-hmm. You bought me that Star Trek calendar. And uh, for those that, that know me, everybody knows I like Captain Kirk and Mr. Yep. Spock and Dr. McCoy and all that. Anyway, but I started, I thought, well, this is a great idea because it has all the dates for the whole year of 2014. Let me just start journaling and just start making notes of what I'm hearing from God and what I did, mm-hmm. you know, what, I, what did I do yesterday? And, and, and so that started. And now this year will be the 10th year. I have a journal and I have a brand new journal that I'm getting ready to start on Monday morning. Nice. I, got, I had asked for it for my birthday last month and my kids got me a really cool looking journal. And I'm like, I'm all excited to use it. But yet at the same time, I've got a couple pages left in 
the 2023 journal. And I actually literally have uh, had the experience about we were uh, there was a, a stuff going on about Canada. Uh, I think it was uh, in t- 2020, right? We had all that stuff with the mm-hmm. pastor up in Canada and the truckers and all these different things going on. Right. And I thought, you know, I remember the Lord telling me something about Canada. I had a dream or something like that about Canada. And I went back to the journal and it was like a 2016 journal. I cracked that journal open and I was on that page. <laughs> I was like, there it is. This whole thing about Canada. I'm telling you that there's something super exciting about that. It's like the Lord wants us to journal. So I would just say, mm-hmm. I mean, me, I, I'm, I don't, I'm not trying to put this on anybody else. Look, right. but I think it's a good thing. Because, but think about this: you had a desire. First of all, we're prompted to journal, and you saw the benefit of it. But if our listeners have a desire to hear from God, to spend more time with God, to have a dialogue with God, journaling is proved as a great way, a tool, a step to do that. So you say, "I want my goal is to draw closer to God and hear from Him on a more regular basis." So my action step is I'm going to journal every day and then I'm going to check back and review as you did. uh, And that will encourage you to do even more. So it's this this action step taking you to do something tangible to draw you closer to God and hear more. Right. And and it's It's, interesting because you might get in a situation like this, like I like I did. Right. Where I remember mm -hmm. something. But I don't remember what it was. There was something right. about Canada or whatever. So then I was able to go back and read the actual dream that I had. You know, one of the other ways that got, that got me involved in journaling, Marty, was I heard Rick Joyner say that he was asking the Lord, how come you don't give me dreams anymore? Because he used to have the, I mean, he wrote the final quest, right? It was dreams right. and stuff. Right. And the Lord says, well, why should I give you dreams when you don't even care enough about them to write them down? And I'm like, ooh, now there you go. Why should I tell you stuff if you don't even care enough about the revelation I'm getting giving you to write it down to to, you know, now, obviously, a lot of this stuff, we write it in our heart and Mm -hmm. and that type of thing. But I I just, you know, I'm going to get off my my journaling horse here for a minute. But I, I really feel like I'm talking to some of our listeners right now about you've been meaning to do it. And um, 2024 is a great time to start. And you know what? I miss days. You know, I missed a, I missed several days over Christmas, right? We were busy. We were, you know, doing Christmas Eve and all this stuff. I didn't I didn't journal on Christmas Eve. I didn't journal on Christmas Day. But, you know, what I did is uh, the day after Christmas, the, tw- the 26th, I caught up. Right. I just I just right. said, OK, look, I haven't journaled for a couple of days. Here's what happened. We went to Snoqualmie Falls. We did this. We did that. We went up to Snoqualmie Pass. I wrote it all down. Because uh, it's okay to miss a day, but just go mm-hmm. back, right? And the nice thing is my journal's with my Bible. And it's, in my, it's, it's in my chair, right? Which mm-hmm. is where I go meet with the Lord and I just grab my coffee. I got my hot cup of coffee. I, I'm disciplined. I pick up my Bible and then I read my Bible and I pray and everything. And then before I get up and go to the shower and or go work out or whatever I'm going to do for the day, I take a minute. I've disciplined myself, crack that journal open and write down, okay, right today, like today, I read Matthew 25, right? And it says, be prepared, have some extra oil. It says, when you get the talent, get busy. It says, right. they're all going to stand before the judgment, you know, be a sheep, 
Don't be a goat. That's what it says <laughs> in my journal, brother. Right. I'm right. talking. God's right. talking to me. He's right. holding. You're going to be held accountable, Doug Bassler. So why would I, why do you, would he bother talking to me if I don't care enough to write it down? So that's again, my personal, that's just me. I'm not trying love to put my discipleship on others, but I think it's been helpful for me. And, and so I'm just, that's really good. It it's out like there. going to the GM too. If you missed a day in the GM, doesn't mean you ruined everything. You go back to the next day. You know, this idea is you're creating a habit, you know, out of intentionally uh, intentionality to, to reach something, closeness, hear from and so forth. I want to just circle back a little bit on the writing things down. The, the scripture is very clear about verbalizing. A lot of prayers are verbalizing, right? We agree with God's word. We, we agree to a, a, you know, a amen and so forth. We're saying we agree with that. There's something very powerful with our word when we speak, you know, positivity, we speak in agreement with God's will. God's will agrees with us, right? And there's a lot of, whatever you call it, right? There's sowing and reap. You're sowing your seeds of words, also with your negative words. That's why we stay away from those um, the curses upon ourselves or others. Writing things down clarifies. When you write it down, your brain works in a different way. It's like speaking it and writing it clarifies and focuses it and it makes it tangible. And then of course, as you review it and take actions towards it, there's a, there's a very real creative effect on this. You you know, we are speaking into life and writing into life, these things for our future. I just love that because as we're made in the image of God, you know, in his likeness, the, the idea that we can speak. Right. Um, so that's, that's why we that's really speak. what the Lord is saying right now. Yeah. Is this declaration yeah. that everybody's talking about, you know, declarations and, you know, declaring things and speaking things out loud. And, you know, I was thinking while you were talking there, brother, if some if if some people that are listening to us talk to other people the way they talk to themselves, they get punched in the nose. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dummy. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. If you said those things, think about that. If you're your self-talk, right? We're all talking to ourselves all the time, mm-hmm. right? Where there's a there's a constant dialogue going on inside of our brain. Cut yourself some slack. You know, mm-hmm. I missed a couple of days journey, a journaling. Okay, well, that wasn't ideal, but let's get back in there and finish the year strong or whatever, right? Right. Cut yourself right. some slack for, you know, if the Lord forgave you, you should forgive yourself. And, and let's, let's get back in there. Right. Um, there's, right. you got another, you got one more day, you got the rest of today and all day tomorrow to finish up whatever the 2023 assignment was. <laughs> right. I mean, this, come on. This, yeah. This is not an issue that Doug Baster, I don't think ever has happened, but uh, I think I've been over the last 15, 20 years, I've lost weight, gained weight, lost weight. I think there's a lesson in this brother. It's not about losing weight, but that's a negative connotation, right? It's about getting stronger. It's about getting healthier. It's about it's doing like be, the, be, being the ideal weight. Exactly right. It's like, I'm doing this to get strong. I'm doing this to be more um, nimble. I'm doing this to live longer. I'm doing this for the health of my family. That's a lot more positive and you can drive goals toward that. You know, versus the negative, you know, beating yourself up. So I think that's a, that's really good too, because I, this time of year, you'll, you'll see like the gym's full for the first couple of weeks of January, right? Because they got to lose, you know, or take care of the the things that happen to them during the holidays or during the year, or whatever. No, no. Now is the time to be thinking about positive. I'm an athletic person. I'm adventurous. I'm in whatever. I'm doing the things to fulfill this vision of myself that I'm becoming. You know, right? 
It's like, I love this. Yeah. Very positive forward thinking 2024. Yeah. And, and I think we've given our listeners some, some really good um, direction, you know, and suggestions. Mm -hmm. Again, we're not, you know, this, we're not being hardcore on ourselves and we're not being Mm -hmm. hardcore on you, but why don't we just take a step in the right direction? So let's do this. Number one, what are your values? What's really important to you? Write it down. Yes. Just make a list. My value, I value my family. I value the Lord. I value the church. I value my job. I value my coworkers. I value my children, whatever. Write your values down and then put them in order. Okay. Yeah. These are my top priorities. And a lot of the values are going to be, you know, kind of close, right? My, my, mm-hmm. but some of the values are going to be okay. I value education. I value recreation. I value, you know, um, uh, making an investment in my community, whatever. So then once you have that, now you can look at that and go, okay, well, what could I do this year? What could I accomplish mm-hmm. in the next, you know, 365 days, 12 months? Um, is this leap year? It might be a leap year. Maybe it's 300. Maybe we get an extra day this year. I don't know. I'll maybe. Check. <laughs> um, but what do we, you know, then, then, then you can start saying, okay, yeah, I would really at the, by the end of the year, I'd really like to have a new pickup or whatever. I really like right. to have a, a vacation, you know, a, you know, a European vacation, you know, planned on the books and paid for for next, you know, 2025 or something. Right. I mean, you can, mm-hmm. you can, you don't have, you know, there's a lot of people do five-year goals, right? Right. So, right. Uh, but with that too, take this step, find out to get pictures, to visualize what it is, find out what the cost of it is. Know what you have to do, what actions you have to take to be there. And when you plan it out, it's powerful. It, you can see you achieving that by that date because you've got all the steps in place. If I follow this plan, it's going to happen. You know, so I, that's empowering, brother. That's what yeah, the why, whole yeah, why not take a mission trip? Why yeah. not do, you know, why not go feed the homeless someday? Right. Why not? You know, there's a million. There's there's unlimited number uh, mm-hmm. of opportunities that we can do again it's coming back to that what we started with right what's in your hand what have you got well i got two feet okay you could walk somewhere right i got two hands okay well you could do some work i got two eyes well you could look at something you could study right you could i got two ears i could listen i could listen to somebody that needs somebody to listen to you know we have a, a dear friend um that we both know uh she was a pierce county council member and she was also a state senator. And, you know, some people really <laughs> liked her. You know exactly who I'm talking about. I do. And some, people, and some people didn't like her. But every time I get on a phone call with her, I know it's going to be an hour and I'm going to be providing therapy. So it's just listening. And, and it's the greatest yes. gift I can give her. It's just to mm-hmm. listen to her and remind her how valuable she is. And Amen. You know, Amen. she's taken a lot of hits, but she's done a lot for the state and she's done a lot for the county. And, you know, and now she's retiring and she's she's spending time with her grandkids and she's she's a blessing and Amen. and she still has a lot to give. And um and so that's what my two ears are for. Or in this case, one ear, because I'm usually got the phone. But, um, <laughs> it, you know, that so, these are these are things that you could do. Who could you provide therapy for today, brother? I am 100% on board of this. This is, this is, this is good. Every person likes to talk. We all, we do it for a living. We, it is part of who we are, you know, conveying, communicating, if you will. But there was a pastor friend of mine, Dan Sertle. He probably doesn't listen to this program. He's probably East coast now, but he helped pastors plant churches for the, like the new life, the assemblies of God type thing. 
And I watched this man. He would literally brand new people. He would come up to them, sit down with them, cross his legs like a, a little schoolboy. This is late, probably late fifties. And he would say, tell me about yourself. Tell me what drives you. What Tell me. And he would just listen. And people would, would empty out and just, and they would leave there thinking this guy is the greatest man next to Moses, if you will. And he didn't say a word. He just wanted to listen and be there. I think it's a great gift to give to anybody. If we can be intentional about like, hey, it's not about arguing or be, I just want to be here and hear you. That's a huge gift, brother. Very yeah, being, being present. Yep. There's something about that, that fellowship. You know, uh, in uh, John chapter, I think it's chapter 15, Jesus said, greater love has no man than this, that he lays down his life for his friend. And the word that he uses there is not the Zoe life or any of that. It's the it's the soul life, the suke life. So it's your mind, emotions, and will life. Mm-hmm. Like, could you just take a break from making this all about you and lay it down for this person right now that needs to talk, that needs to be heard? So great. Well, that's it for the day. And that's it for the year, the last show of the year. Be sure to go to DougAndMarty.com. You can hear past episodes. You can contact us. We want to hear from you. What are you going to do? 2024. Amen, brother? Amen. Well, this is this Doug Bassler. This is Marty versus the world. Yeah, and Marty McClendon, Doug and Marty versus the world. Jumping in and have a wonderful Happy New Year. Happy New Year.